This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The stars of tomorrow. Today. Welcome back to our coverage of Liverpool versus Crystal Palace from Sellers Park in the Under-21 Development League. Plays it up the line to Alessandri. Alessandri now at half Causing all sorts of trouble with his control, isn't he, Alessandri? Live commentary from all home development games. Only on Homestyle Radio. Live commentary. Good game. Switch coming back now. Oh, he's played a loose pass. And Sakaja will get there. Oh, Blackburn's come right out of the area and flattered Sakaja. And it's gone free. And the keeper's way out of the area. And it's a goal for Palace. What a great finish. Live interviews. To an Arden football watcher, it was clear in my mind that we had like a bunch of new guys and we'd lost a, uh, uh, you know, big name, big players for us. Scannell, Klein, Ambrose. It, we, we were never going to just come out the block swinging, were we? You know what I mean? Expert analysis. A surprise draw at the end there, Mark. A surprise to no one more than me. We didn't realise we'd scored a second goal. Well, most of the time anyway. Homesdale Radio. Whether you're listening live or to the podcast, call us now to air your opinion. 0203 4755 That's 0203 4755 Hello and welcome to Homesdale Radio. It's Sunday night, it's 8pm, but I am not Chris Hambling. I'm going to start with a little apology. I know we've been bigging this up all week this moment. So there's going to be a new presenter for the next few weeks. I am the first of those, but unfortunately I'm, I'm not Mark Bright or Steve Parrish or Ian Holloway. All of the names that have, have been banded around over the last few days. Our budget just isn't big enough, so, uh, so I'm Ben Nagel and I'll be taking you through the next hour or so. Just to let you know why it's me, um, we looked a couple of weeks ago actually about how many shows Chris had done over the two years that we've been broadcasting the show and it turns out he's missed just two. So he's, uh, he's going to take a few deserved weeks out just to have a little rest and hopefully you're in very capable hands tonight. Uh, just in one moment I'll let you know who my co-hosts are but before we do that I'll give you all the contact details so you can get in touch with us during the show tonight uh, you can email us at radio at homesdale.net you can give us a call on 0203 4755 as that jingle just said a minute ago or you can tweet us at HOL radio and we'll, uh, we'll read those out later on the show we'd love to hear, hear from you so make sure you get in touch um, just a quick note as well if you're listening on a computer at the moment but you want to go out and listen on a mobile device you can feel free uh, just go on your internet browser and type in hlradio.net forward slash mobile. Um, you can listen on there. So that's all your administrative stuff out of the way. And now I'll move on to the uh, the co-presenters that I've got with me. 
as I said, hopefully very capable hands, and they are Joe Hollyoke and Nick Gussett. Hello, boys. Hello. Well, it's slick, isn't he, Joe? It's funny, he isn't it? It seems different. It does. It's like Michael Aspel. <laughs> <laughs> right. You'll be hearing more from those two very shortly, but I think it's probably time that we, uh, that we start the show now, so we'll go straight to news in brief. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. Crystal Palace boss Ian Holloway has hit out Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger for last week commenting on speculation surrounding Wilfred Zaha. Holloway said, I would be picking up the phone to talk to him as I don't think it's right and proper with the greatest respect. Wilf is a big part of our season and we have such a strong contract, others can go and whistle. He won't be available no matter what the price is in January. Uh, thanks Ian. Crystal Palace have drawn Stoke City in the third round of the FA Cup. The fixture will take place on either the 5th or the 6th of January at Sellers Park. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> Come on, Nick. Come on. Keep it together. Former okay, Crystal gonna... Palace goalkeeper George Wood looks set to join a coaching staff at Palace. The 64-year-old Scott will jo- join up with Holloway after he worked as goalkeeper coach at Blackpool with him. And Nick is probably collapsing somewhere in his yeah, house, right. at my impression. News in Brave. Brave. Um, <laughs> Nick seems no, to have serious problems. Didn't we we meant to record that before the show, just for the listeners, um, but we didn't because, uh, well, we, yeah, didn't record and we had a few problems with it. So we were doing it live, but Nick struggles with uh, well, with Ian Holloway. Um, I don't know whether he's a bit starstruck at the fact we've got Ian Holloway on the show, because obviously it definitely was Ian Holloway. So, But yeah, that was uh, Nick's fault, so we're blaming him for that. Yeah. Let's Sorry, go straight into talking about Hull. Um, obviously, we've had. Uh, We've had two games in the last week, Tuesday night at Hull, and we had, uh, obviously, Brighton yesterday. Good week for Palace fans, actually. So uh, we're about to be joined by another presenter in Ferhad Zaidi for a little chat about Tuesday night's game because he was there, and I think we felt that we'd have a better round-up for you if we had his input. But before we go to him, I'll just give a little rundown about what happened up at the KC Stadium. Um, I think, by all accounts, we weren't the better side, and, and Hull dominated the majority of the game, really. Stats-wise, they had 14 shots. We had four. Uh, they had 12 corners. We had three. So... I'm not saying we didn't deserve the point more that we did very well to earn our point. I think I was a bit worried going into the game. It's a very long Tuesday night trip and we'd played Leeds on the Saturday, which is a 405-mile round trip, and then Hull was 410 miles. So I think that's got to take it out of you. And we're missing our top scorer in Glenn Murray as well. So it's always going to be a tough game you know, against a team sitting fifth in the league. Um, in the end, though, our chances were probably just as good as theirs to win the game. It was a very resilient performance. Uh, so, Ferhad, if I bring you in at this point, I'll say hello. Oh, hello, Ben. Hello, how you doing, mate? All right. Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, so obviously you've just mentioned about Hull being pretty decent and us probably not playing as well. Do you think we deserve the draw or, or were we lucky to take a point away from there? I, I think all in all, it's an excellent point for Palace and uh, come the end of the season, it might be crucial. Um, you know, like you said, it's difficult when you've got two long away trips in the space of a few days. But after the defeat to Leeds, the main thing was that we didn't lose and um, it, it really was a good point for Palace. Yeah, I think obviously we've just gone to, to Leeds away as well and, and lost that big unbeaten run that we had. And So Nick, what, what have you got to say at this point? I was going to ask, uh, do you think um, the fact that we, we didn't play that well but still got a point shows 
how good we are. You know, we can have our off days and still get something out of it. You know, yeah, it's a sign of a potential promotional team. Yeah, that's right. We, we, we didn't play well at all in the first half. Um, second half, it pretty much started the same. The game changed for Pats in the second half when uh, Wolverham came on for Easter. And uh, Balassi and Wilf just had a lot more space. And that's when we came back into the game. We had a few chances to win at the end, but it wasn't to be. They uh, uh, played, we were really resilient. Uh, Defence did so well uh, and really pleased about the point. Yeah, I think that's one thing a lot of Palace fans were talking about before t- before on Twitter and stuff, about how Murray was obviously suspended and who was going to bring him in. It's between Wilbraham and Easter, and then some people were saying how Wilf could potentially play up front. And if I'm honest, I thought Easter going up top was, wasn't that likely. I thought we'd probably play Wilbraham. If you look at, obviously, yesterday against Brighton when we made a substitution, it was Wilbraham who came on, it wasn't Easter. So I was pretty surprised at, um, at Wilbraham being left out. So what did you think about that when you saw the team when you got up there? Well, yeah, you know, with... Glenn Murray's suspension, it was a chance for uh, Jermaine Easter to show what he can do to the new boss. Um, I felt first half he did well, um, as in he, he tried to put himself about, but it, he, 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 ju- he just isn't in that Glenn Murray mould. It was marked really tightly by the whole central defence, and uh, he, he just didn't have the chance to, to have in, an impact in the game. Yeah, Nick? On the subject of Easter, you know, he's, he's made sort of three three appearances. I, I must admit I was surprised when he first made sort of a, a comeback. Um, I thought Holloway was just giving him a try out to see how he does. Do you think he's warranted keeping the place? I mean, I, I actually think Moritz could go into that slot. Moritz looks like quite a versatile player. He's got a shot on him as well. You know, Do you know what people think about that? Um, I wouldn't completely rule out Easter for the, the rest of the season. I think, you know, um, there's different teams in the championship, they've, they've all got different styles. I just think that Hull are a physical team and um, I, want to, I don't want to say that they had him in his back pocket but uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't an easy game for Easter, let's just put it that way. Yeah, and Joe, what do you think about that Easter and Moritz dilemma? Well, I mean, go on to, on to Moritz, I think he's more of a, a, a creator than a, than a finisher as such. I know, I know he, he, scored, uh, he scored the other week but you know, he definitely seems to be the player who, who can look up whilst he's got the ball. He seems to have more time on the ball than anyone else. I'd like to see him just being more, you know, being in the creative role than being asked to attack, uh, you know, to put the pressure on him for scoring goals. If he scores goals, then fair enough. But uh, I, I think he's, he's a very creative player. And like I say, he, he, he just looks like out of, out of anyone in our whole team, he's got more time on the ball. Um, and that's all I like to see him. I, I mean, I, I made it sort of, I pulled the point up. You know, I just don't don't think, as much as he's not done anything wrong, you know, um, his goals per game or goals per appearance ratio, I, and, and I don't think are good enough. Um, Easter, I just uh, I just like to see if we're gonna, you know, if we're gonna carry on um, playing him or, or you're thinking about him, I think you think you should give one of the kids a, a go. Yeah, no, I agree. That's- yeah, obviously we've got Crazy Apaya plays up top and you've got a few other players that can potentially go in there. And going back to that Moritz point as well, it's, it's good that we can have this debate. I mean, Moritz isn't even getting in the starting lineup. That's how, how good we are at the moment, how, we, how many differences we, we could make in the fact that Garvin's starting ahead of Moritz at the moment. So, well, I, 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 sorry, sorry, Ben, I think um, Holloway likes to mix things up. You know, it's under Dougie, we were very, very one-dimensional. Um, yeah. I don't know if, how much we mixed our formations up uh, and played about with that first 
Brad, when uh, we played Hull, did we try a bit of that, or was it all kind of one-dimensional? It's, uh, you know, it's an interesting point that you mentioned, Nick. Um, we, we did change it up a bit. You know, when we were under siege in the first half, there, there were times where we were like 5-3-2, uh, or sorry, 5-4-1, um, with the wing-backs pushing up and uh, Mile Jedinak dropping back into central defence. So we were, try- we were trying during the game to just, just change it about a bit, see if we can get a bit more position- possession and uh, try, try and make some plays in their half. Mm, yeah, if we quickly go back to, to Hull, obviously we do have to talk a little bit about that before we come on to, to Brighton and stuff like that. So if we look at the chances separately, I think Robert Corran probably had the main one. How he's missed it, I don't know. If you, if you weren't there or you haven't seen the highlights, a whole player's running down the wing, and you have to say Paul really should have got there. It looked like he was going to get there and just put the ball out for a throw, but he hasn't. And, and the player's got the ball in, and Robert Corran's just completely unmarked in the middle, and he, he hits it first time and just blazes it over the bar, and it's unbelievable, really. So... Her, what was your reaction to that when you, you first saw that brilliant chance? Um, I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. it. It was during the spell when we were under siege. It was literally a, a spell of about 10, 10 minutes or so where they were attacking, constant attacking. Um, it was a combination of poor finishing, obviously from Robert Corran blazing over the bar, uh, indecisiveness in the final third. So they were crossing the ball into the box, but it was just going too long. Uh, their players were missing it completely. Uh, and the final the final factor was uh, our super keeper, Julian Sperone, making some amazing saves to keep us in, in the game. Mm, yeah, Joe? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, we're saying we're under pressure. I mean, they're the home team. They're a form team as well. Um, so they should be bringing a game to us and attacking us. Um I mean, the other thing as well, Bruce, the way that, you know, he's their manager and the way that he left us, um, he'd have had them fired up. He'd have had them fired up a little bit more because, you know, there's, because we would have seen it that way around as well. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 if you'd have said, go up there, take a draw, you'd, everyone would have took a draw. Um, the fact that he missed a, a, a paper was, was beside the point, really, because at the end of it, we could have nicked it ourselves, so... Mm, yeah, I'll quickly, I'll just quickly go over another couple of whole chances, and then we'll talk about the the Palace chances. Just a few minutes after, I think El Mohamadi had a brilliant chance at the back post of volley just across goal, and that went wide. And then Quinn had another chance three yards out, and he could only poke it wide. And really, I don't know how we didn't concede. Like you said, for had a minute ago, Sproni was was on form, and he made a, at least one world class save that that made the highlights. That was very good. Um, just quickly talk about Palace's chances. I think the big one is Wilfred Zaha. Oh, last kick of the game. I think he's done absolutely brilliantly to bring the ball down. He's taken around a couple of players that, you know, it's another new bit of skill that I haven't seen before. And then he's had a shot, and it doesn't sound bad when you put it like that, but he really, really should have passed. I mean, you can see Wilbraham's about three yards to his left, nobody around him, and you'd have to say that Ferdi would have scored. That's right. You know, um, he got in, he got himself. He did really well to get himself in that position. Um, obviously, went for glory, went for goal, but shot straight at the keeper. Stockdale saved really well. Um, yeah, looking back at it, he could have uh, passed it across to Wilbraham, who was better placed and would have scored for sure. Um, but it wasn't to be. Um, that that actual incident came shortly after Yannick Balassi capitalising on a whole mistake and shooting just wide of the post. So we had a couple of cha- a couple of really good chances to win that game. Yeah, but uh, it wasn't to be. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, that's the first draw for Hull in about three months as well, so we've done well to, to get a draw out of them because they don't really do draws. A um, couple more questions. Uh, who was a standout performer for Palace? 
it, it's got to be uh, throughout the game. It's got to be Julian Sperone. Um We're indebted to him that we left there with a point. Some great saves, especially towards the end from Aaron McLean. Uh, it was a great save. Um, yeah. So we're, it has to be Spironi. You know, Aaron Wilbraham came on. He did really well. Uh, he changed the game. Some great touches. Uh, put himself about in the box. But uh, I'd have to give it to Spironi. Okay. And obviously, uh, supporter-wise, obviously, Hull away is a very long trip. And on a Tuesday night, how many fans did we take? In, and what was the atmosphere like? Oh, it was fantastic. Um, it was about 400 to 600 uh, of pa- Palace fans at the game. Um, sadly, uh, Hull don't keep away fan records, so uh, if, and if any other Palace fans out there can, can t- tell us a, a better guess of, of how many people were there, that we, we'd love to know. But um, the atmosphere was great. Obviously, during the first half when we were under stage, it was the usual chance of Common Palace, get into them, let's, let's get out of the box. Uh, we were quite nervy, and at half time it was like, how's this nil-nil? It should be two or three maybe to Hull. But, uh, you know, generally the songs are good. Uh, once again, we, we came up against another team that's stolen our main song, We Love You, We Love You. Oh, no. Uh, but nobody sings it like we do. <laughs> Joe? Yeah, I mean, listen, if, if you have loads of chances and you don't take them, you know, that's, that's it. I'm sure they'll, they'll murder or out and have murdered other teams in the last, you know, few weeks. Um, but... Obviously, they, they had a chance to do us and failed dismally. So, a point, another point, onwards and upwards. And uh, and there we go. Upwards, it is. Yeah, well, obviously, yesterday we went top of the league. Not top of the league anymore because of that win from Cardiff today, but, but still in a very good position. I think, yeah, like, like Fur had said a minute ago, I think it was Fur had said about going up there, taking a point, you definitely would before the game, having lost to Leeds on Saturday. And, yeah, so very, very good, and we'll take that. Uh, Ferhad, you got any more quick points to make about the whole game? Yeah, like I said, you know, the, the main thing is we, we didn't lose after the Leeds game. Um, uh, and, you know, we we had a credit, we got an excellent point and, you know, it was followed up by the, the win against Brighton. The the only one final thing I want to mention on, on Hull was uh, the fact that both Wilf and uh, Yannick Bellassi were being manhandled by the whole defence. Uh, and sadly... They weren't getting much help from the referee. Um, it's just one of those things, really. We'll, we'll have games like that when we go to away grounds and uh, we'll get a poor referee. But that's it, really. Yeah, I think you, like, you come to expect that, really, with quick, skillful wingers, that there's going to be pretty pretty manhandled. And, and sometimes, you know, it, I, think, I think it kind of depends on the referee. Some referees are quite quite prone to it and, and, and they'll be able to stop that, but some won't. And I think majority of the time you get referees that aren't. I think yesterday, just... To bring you forward to Brighton really quickly, but uh, just before the first penalty was given, that Balassi run, there's got to be about eight, nine fouls in there, surely. And the referee hasn't given any of them, and, and it's had to be, to be the keeper bringing Murray down to, to get us the foul. But yeah, so I think that, that is a good point about not having much protection from the referees. Um, I think probably about time to, to leave the whole chat there, unless any of the other two presenters have got any questions for Furhead. Joe? No, no, no. I was just, <laughs> I was just going to say about the about the first goal um, right, yesterday. Yeah. But, but if you uh, if you want to go on to something else, then I'll. Well, I think we'll we'll leave it there. While I got you on for her, just before we we leave you and move on to Brighton, have you got any thoughts about that game yesterday? About about the win against our bitter rivals? Uh, fantastic win. Uh, what more could we want? You know, uh, a three 0 win against Brighton. 
Uh, a lot of Brighton fans saying, oh, it wasn't much of a contest because we had a player sent off. But you know what? Our players made the moves. They had to commit the challenge. They made a bad challenge and they suffered as a result. So we were okay. well-deserved winners. Here, here. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much for that, Furhad. Appreciate you coming Cheers. on and having a chat. Cheers, about. guys. Cheers, yeah. guys. Pleasure. Right, just before we move on to the Brighton chat, obviously thank you to Fohad, and I'll just read out the uh, contact details to you again in case you want to get in touch. You can email us, radio at homesdale.net. You can phone us, 0203 4755 or you can tweet us, that's at HOL Radio. Um, and now we will move on to the big one. Obviously, it's uh, we've got a draw against Hull, and uh, we kind of want to get back to winning ways, I think, with, uh, with the Brighton game. It's the one that we all want to win. Uh, every Palace fan will probably tell you this the biggest game of the season. Um, pre-game, I think I was a little bit worried. Obviously, we'd, we'd macked, ra- really racked up the miles, like I mentioned before, with the two long away trips on Saturday, Tuesday. You know, but looking back now, why was I worried? It was an absolutely fantastic performance. If we quick look at the starting lineup. It was very similar to that of Hull. Just one change. Murray had finished his suspension, and and he came back in for Easter. Um, and other than that, it was the same team with the Garvin. Garvin in there, not Moritz, and I'm sure well, obviously we just talked about it again. So, Joe, do you want to bring that point up now about Garvin and Moritz? Who who would you play? Well, no, I, I mean, my, my point with them was, you know, uh, for all these people, these detractors saying that our, our squad isn't strong enough. I mean, we have, we've got two players for every position now, mm. you know, and, and that's the thing, is that one, one is, uh, is sort of like, you know, Garvin can be a real workaholic, with with uh, you know he gets he gets stuck in and he's a you know he's very he, he, he's sort of box to box, whereas you know you, you've got the craft and the, and and almost the stealth and the and the I think he's probably the main one that can unlock defenses. Morris um, passes sublime, well, mate. Yeah, but the ball the sublime, and I thought well, the ball the season. Yeah, but the ball of the season so far for me has been is there's the one Moritz put through for for Wilf when he scored against Burnley. I mean that was just that was Premiership class. That really was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean we we just got we just doubled up all over the place now. You know, it's 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 really really good. I mean, and you know, I mean, you look at yesterday they had a, they had a defender sent off um, when Dunk got sent off. Like, they didn't have a, they didn't have another defender. But you look at ours had as substitutes: Price keeper, Moxie defender, Gabidon defender, O'Keefe midfield, Morris midfield, Wilbraham up front, Easter up front. No, we we covered it. I'm just I don't know. You know, I I really couldn't work out why they didn't have the cover. If, if you haven't got a plan, I mean that's the thing with there. I'm not going to coat them, you know, but because they they're obviously half decent team, they're doing really well this season, but not as good as us. But you know, I mean, they, but they don't seem to have a plan B. They don't. He hasn't got a plan B, and I, you know, that's the experience of what we've bought in now. You know, having been there at Championship level for a long time, flirted with a Premiership. Um, you know, Holloway brings us that, you know, with the team that we've got now, very, very much a balanced, you know, if it, if it all goes bandy somewhere along the line, we've got cover coming in. Um, the good which thing we, didn't is, have, yeah. we didn't have it last year. And looking at this team, we've got Ramage in there, he's played in the Premiership. Uh, you've got Balassi, Spironi, they've played in the Premiership. And they and Dignitroy especially, how much fit is he? They they can all sense that they're going to be back where they think they belong because they've been there before. They're yeah, going to be really can, hungry for it. Yeah, well, I think you can go with with uh, Dignitroy. You can you can see now he was a little bit, you know, he he, he did. 
a, a lot of something last year. Um, and obviously, been, he sorted out now. I mean, look at him now. He, so, he, to call him one of your phrases, he was getting coated on the message boards, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, well, he was. Yeah, but the thing is, if he looked on it, if, he, if he'd looked on the message boards, because I bet they do look at them sometimes, have a sneaky look, he'd have seen that we're all calling him fat. Yeah, and he, well, for a footballer, he was fat. Now you look at him, he looks like a boxer. That's the yeah. difference. When you Imagine if Thomas Brolin did the same thing, eh? How could he have been? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he did. Before he joined us, he was. But, I mean, the, the other thing as well, we've, we've, I mean, can we, can we, go, on, we go on to Balassi? I mean, yeah. I, I went on NSC the other day, and they're all going about, we're going to do Wilf, and they're going to do this and do that. And I said, this, the person you've got to look out for is Balassi. I warned them, and they didn't listen. So they can't say I never helped them. Serial says um, KG wasn't fat, he was huggable. And hey, CJ, saying jail, West Country accent, please. Again, he wants you to do more Ernie right. during the show. Well, maybe if we get an interview sorted out, a live, a live link up with, uh, with Ian Holloway, he might appear. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. <laughs> Can I just say that the game yesterday... Um, it was, it was a bit disappointing them having a player sent. Well, it wasn't disappointing, but it gives them an excuse as to why they lost. And I, you know, that's a bit of a um, bit of a um, annoyance. You know, what I mean, it would have been nice if um, would have been nice if they um, if they had the game with eleven men. You know what I mean? What's that, Ben? We've lost We've- Ben. All oh, right, well, carry on then, Joe. Carry on regardless. <clears throat> well, no, I mean, I mean, the other thing is you, you go on and you look at their boards and they're saying, oh, yeah. I mean, this, this is the thing, right, what's annoying me. And it annoys me as well. It's annoyed me with the, with the press and with the radio and the press themselves. Is that we had a penalty, we've had a penalty uh, about a month ago. I mean, we've had loads, but it was Balassi that got fouled. And they said that it was in it. And the Sun, the newspaper, reported it as Wilfren in the area got hacked, got a penalty. Um, yeah. I mean, I know, I know they're black players, but you know, it's and and on the Brighton, they're all saying, "Oh, he's gone, uh, Zara's gone through, he's got shot, or you know, and he's gone yeah. down again, he's dived." Well, hang on a minute, they, you know, you got to do a little bit, well, not do a little bit of homework, but it's just uh, it, it frustrates me that you know, yeah. if players want to hack our players. You know, due to schoolboy errors, because that's what happened with with Dunk yesterday. That yeah. failure to trap that ball. They were that, to be. They they were quite um quite not vicious in their tackle, but they they went in hard, maybe a bit too hard. Um, that Mikhail Smith was getting really irate, and um, it was Wayne Bridge. He was just torn to pieces. He was absolutely torn to pieces. Now he's supposed to be a Premiership defender. He didn't know where he was going, mate. It wasn't Balassi, it was Zaha, and they were swapping over again. And all right, Zaha. Zaha. Now, Bridge 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 didn't play. Who was was down there at their left back? Sorry. Uh, I've left my glasses at school on Friday. This is (laughs) I'm not sure who was their left back, but I've. Yeah, Calderon was there first half. Sorry. I was thinking as well, right back as well, that Bruno. As well as being very stereotypical with Brighton and the and the gay rumours and Bruno being a, a hairdresser, or whatever, blah blah. Putting that aside, he was awful, wasn't he? I thought the the bald right back, absolutely awful. He just had no chance against against our left midfield. Balassi was there for a bit, and then obviously Parr was overlapping, and they just did him every single time. Made him look really really awful. I obviously I cut off a minute ago. Did that? Did it sound really awful when I dropped? No, out it's the all right. 
Jell and I carried the cat. Yeah, no, we, we just, we just carried. I mean, the, the, the other thing as well, I mean, I know that managers try and build up games, but, I mean, Buckley, he had a me yesterday. I mean, he was, he was good against us last year. He was good. He ran, and then he dived in the area, got their penalty for the equaliser last year. But, you know, it, they're always going to get chances. I mean, I thought um, Mikel Smith should have scored one-on-one, you know, in the clear one-on-one. Um, it's a post. Is he not, you know, I, I, I thought for his £20,000 a week or whatever he's getting, he should be finishing stuff like that. But hey-ho. Um, yeah, I think before the game as well, that that was the big kind of rivalry, the Zaha versus Buckley, because Zaha's obviously our star player and, and Buckley's their star player. And a lot of Brighton fans think that Buckley's better than Zaha, but Zaha's the one, like I said, with England called up and the £20 million price tag. And I think he... Zaha didn't play that well, but he still completely outplayed Buckley. I think so. Well, yeah, yeah. but then and then Balassi outplayed everyone. So, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, that's the yeah. thing. What we've we've got players that are, that are now they're enjoying their football, aren't they? That's the thing. I mean, it, it, we we could all see we had that rough diamond when he came on. He played that game against Charlton, and he picked that ball up, and he just hit shots from dear there and everywhere. Yeah. Um, and, and we just thought, oh, who's this? Because last year we didn't have people doing that, did we? No shots at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're terrorising players. We're terrorising teams now, and and these right and left backs. I mean, they don't know who they're going to get bashed up by. Yeah, and Nick. obviously their fans are getting confused as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nick, you had something to say on Belassi. Belassi's, he's he was so strong yesterday. Whereas you know, early early developing Wilf went over a lot. Belassi stays up now, and I think him and Wilf are actually learning from each other. And also, in the old right and bright, there's that competition there as well, just like right and bright had. You know, it's, it's, it was mentioned on a few shows ago. Was it Steve Parrish who actually said about it, or Mark Bright it was, actually. Um, and I feel they're getting that. And with, with the confidence thing, we've now seen how, what a man-mounting Jedi's been. And the players know how good he is as well, so they're feeling more comfortable. They're not being cautious in their passing, because they know that the players are on fire at the moment. And we just swatted Brighton away like a fly yesterday. They yeah. couldn't do anything. They had nine men behind the ball. Nine men behind the ball most of the game. Their, their chances came straight after half-time where they just sort of flew at us a bit. Yeah, and you, meant, you mentioned that Balassi strength thing as well. There was one point that I remember in, I think it was in the second half, Balassi was right in front of block B and C of the Homestale and he, uh, he had the ball and the Brighton player tried to come in and he absolutely threw him off the ball. It wasn't a foul. But the Brighton player just went flying, and it looked like he didn't even put any effort in. Balassi was, yeah, really fantastic. Joe. Yeah, Nick. Um, I'm, I, I know you're a teacher, and I just didn't know whether. I mean, I think your Brighton fan does sneak on and listen, or listens to the podcast. So, I mean, you're a teacher, and they're and they're teachers and they're pupils, and I didn't know whether you had any advice for the for the Brighton pupils. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> they never learn I'm just no you know no, I mean, it's, they, it, like I said it was a shame they, they had a bloke sent off because I'd like to have beat them with 11 no no no, no no see that's you the know, thing we, we, we just made we just looked said oh piss off you, you know how dare you come here and think you can say you're better than us sorry about the language there but, and, <laughs> and we just said look just go away go on go away and we dispatched them with such authority that you know towards the end we could chop and change we, we had Garvin and Moritz on the pitch at the same time at one point for a small while, didn't we? No, it seems to be all right. And we, we just slowed right down towards the end. Um, I know I'm kind of getting to the end of the game a bit. What do, what do we think of um, Murray's celebrations? 
Yeah, very muted, weren't they? But I think yeah. it's very respectful to his old club. Old club. Like, disregarding who it is, you know, the fact that it's bright and the fact that it's our rivals, I think it's, it was very respectful of Murray to, to not celebrate. And I don't know whether that was the full reason. I know he's ill as well. Maybe he didn't have the energy to be sprinting around celebrating. But, yeah, I, I thought it was respectful. Joe, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's time now, and he can start celebrating goals against them. I mean, you know, the first the first couple, then fair enough. But I, I tell you what, I, I noticed yesterday was how high did he get for the the, the two know, headers, yeah. the, the the goal in the first half and the header in the second half? Do you know what he reminded me of? I know, I know, he's a he's a, he is good in the air anyway. But I haven't seen a player get that high. Honestly, I've, I've not seen a player get that high. The only last time was Tim Cale. Kale, yeah. he he leaps. He he's probably about Tim, probably a little bit smaller. But he, that that header in the second half that would have got his hat trick before the penalty. I mean, what a header! Deserved a goal just for that. I mean, and and the other you saying about the about the defenders, um, about uh, about the referees missing missing stuff. If you have a look for that goal, there's a freeze frame. I think it might be in the sun, be in the sun or in the. Uh, um, uh, in the Times today, and it's and it's sorry, sorry, I just really put off there. DRT's ringing my mobile. <laughs> oh, dear. that's strange. If you can hear us, Roy, I'll ring you later on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but no, and, and if you have a look, our players, he's, he's one of the, the uh, defenders, I think it's Greer, their captain, has got Jedinek round the neck. It like, I'm not, I'm not joking, WWF, it looks like he's got him in a headlock and about to punch him. It's, it's <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, had it not been a goal, it would have 100% been a penalty. And yeah. I thought they were trying to wipe this, I thought they were trying to wipe stuff out of this because it's just unbelievable. But anyway, I just, mm, I just thought Murray had his, yeah, he had his, you know, I thought he had his, uh, his best game. I mean, he just, he just gets, you know, in, in the words of someone on Sky Sports, he gets better and better. <laughs> yeah, I was think, that. Um, what do you think okay, of him not taking the penalty? Sorry. No, well, I mean, what, um, what? You know, was it the right decision to let Garvin take the second penalty? Well, Garvin's already had a penalty this year and, and dispatched that easily. He did that one as well, but I don't know. Is he, has he got a mental thing about hat tricks? You know? I love your clinical use of the word dispatch there, Jack. <laughs> you know, like, he'll just put me in any way, you know what I mean? He does, doesn't he? Such is our confidence. Look, I've got a question for everybody, and I've, I've been thinking about this a lot. When do we start believing that we are promotional, promotion material? There's getting a bit of a gap between sort of third and no, fourth not, now, isn't there? It's not in the palace mindsets, is it? Like, we, oh, it's not. Some Palace, Palace, Palace fans are thinking at the moment, oh, I'll probably safe from relegation now. We're, I mean, we're up the top of the league. We were top of the league. And people are saying, oh, yeah, we we'll probably won't get relegated now. My kids are immune to it. They don't know the roller coaster bit yet, so they're fully in the way, definitely going up camp. No. Re- <laughs> they really believe. Warn them. Really you got believe. Warn them. It's, it's Shell Crawley if you don't warn them, mate. <laughs> I have warned them. But I was thinking- they said they've, they've, they've been season ticket holders with me for three years now. And. One of them said to me, I'm glad I support Palace because now we're up the top. I can oh. really, really enjoy it. I'm really <laughs> I'm enjoying every moment of this. And it'd get boring if it was happening all the time. Can, can I just say one more thing about the, about the Palace-Brighton thing? Listen, it, I don't know. I, whenever, whenever it comes to the big games, especially in the last, this season, right, we... We always used to get turned off by Millwall. We we hadn't won at Cholton since 1968. We always got we always seem to get done by the teams that we really want to beat. Now we 
we seem to be up for it and, and be up for it in a in a right in the right way, you know, in the, not in a smash the life out of them way, you know, in in the way of playing football and and, and we beat teams. No, but but what I'm saying is, listen, just Joe, we've got a, a caller, mate. Apparently, but I bet is that is that because we're South London and proud, Joe? Is that because that's the ethos? <laughs> no, no seriously, is that the saying, ethos too, behind too us many, beating teams in I the think, derby? Oh, I think they've got so many foreigners, Brighton. Right, Hello? I'm going to have to stop you there. We've got a caller. Who am I talking to? Uh, I'm Steve. Hello, Steve. Steve. What's your point? From Stratham, yeah. Hello, Steve. How yeah, what would you like to say? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to say how delighted I was with the um, with the Brighton result yesterday, obviously, as a Palace fan. But um, it was my... That was actually my... I've been supporting Palace for quite a while. But that was the first time I've actually got to see Palace play Brighton. I've never had the opportunity to go. So... Right. Um, you know, going there and seeing us win 3 0. I was in the half eight yesterday. The atmosphere was brilliant. I was right on, almost on the touchline there. And Balassi, I know you've been talking about Balassi already, yeah. but um, he was just outstanding. He turned the defenders in and out. And uh, there was a lovely moment. I don't know if, um, if you've spoken about it already, where the ball was going out over the, um, uh, the uh, throwing line. And he caught the ball in the air with his foot, turned around, stood, posed in front of the uh, Brighton player, and then went round him. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely just, brilliant. Yeah, just, um, just a brilliant match. And, um, you know, a great match for me to see for the first time. Like I said, I've seen everybody else play, but for some reason I've never been able to get to a Brighton match. And, wow, what an atmosphere, what a game. Top of the table all the time. You know, what can I say? It was just, it was just brilliant. So yeah. I just wanted to phone up and contribute. Oh, thank you very much. Obviously, the, the Arthur is becoming a bit more prominent as well for atmosphere. Obviously, a few people are moving over from, from the homestyle to the Arthur. And I think Nick's got a question for you about that. Yeah, um, we have a lot of talk about um, the attendance yesterday being, you know, 20,000. It- Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It mattered if there was no gap between the Palace and Arsenal fans. If we could fill that extra bit up, do you think that it would be too dangerous? To and Arsenal? Money? Uh, the, no, the, the bit between the Brighton fans and the Palace fans. I didn't say Arsenal, did I? You I'm did. getting old, Joe. I'm getting oh, old. No. <laughs> getting old. No, but do you think that gap should be there or... You know, yeah. would the atmosphere it, be oh, added to? Go on, Steve. Yeah, sorry, mate. Um, yeah, I think um, maybe it's needed, especially again. You got you got Brighton, especially. I, I didn't realise, but I understand from the forum um, that there was a bit of trouble yesterday, and uh, I saw some stewards running towards the Brighton fans, and I think they kicked off a door or something, or you know. Um, so I think for a game like that, it is needed. But it does seem to me that if we're that's a lot of seats we're losing, and you know, for a club like Palace to you know have our seats restricted. Um, you know, that's revenue for the club. So maybe for other matches, no. But for Brighton, Millwall, um, yes, definitely. I think there needs to be a little bit of a gap. 
but it is a you know it's a lot of seeds to lose I think, and um, you know but the awful weight I mean I've been in the awful weight I'm usually in the homestay upper homestay but I I really got a ticket late um, I didn't get it till like the day before so I was lucky to get a ticket yeah but um, I love the awful weight being in there was really good it was a good atmosphere you don't have quite the same view as you do from the homestay but the um, the atmosphere there I mean all the people around me were just standing up. Um, and it, I felt like I was like I was right next to the fanatics. So for me, it was a brilliant atmosphere. It was really good. So you know, uh, respect to the off white fans that are always there. It's, it's yeah, really good. good. Some yeah. of us oldies will remember that we used to stand in the Arthur under the gantry. Um, <laughs> there used to be a cracking atmosphere in there. Cracking atmosphere. Yeah. Steve, yeah, read the reason. Steve, the reason that they got the the huge sterile areas is because it's not only possible for fans to run between those seats and cause egg. Now, if there wasn't, if it was just like a line of stewards, say just two seats and then a line of stewards, firstly, you'd have to have, with a game of that magnitude and the amount of derbies that we have, like um, especially against Charlton, Millwall, Brighton, and any other big game that we get, is that we would have to have so many stewards that by the time you pay their hourly rate, you wouldn't cover the tickets. So that way, if you leave those seats out, I mean, the other thing as well is if you chuck them down there, they're out of the way. You know, they are easily policed. Um, mm. As soon as you get, like yesterday, you know, if the police, if, if the whole ground had found out that they did break that door down and start punching women and small kids, because that's what happens, um, um, then it, it could have got really out of hand. So I think having that sterile area is there. And the other thing as well, listen, make no mistake, if there was money in releasing those seats, the guys that run our club would release those seats. But I've got a feeling that just the stewards and they just, you know, when we don't, if, if they work for the club, then I suppose we could get them cheaper, but I'm pretty sure they don't. So, Yeah, I mean, I understand the practicalities. Um, it's a little bit of a shame. I mean, maybe, you know, when we get the new stadium and everything sorted out, <laughs> you know, it'd be, uh, it would be a lot better. But, um, you know, we're going to need to be in the Premiership for that to really happen, I think, anyway. So, um, you know, yeah, I can understand the, uh, the practicalities. But, you know, I don't really mind. Yesterday, um, I went to the game. I had a brilliant day. 3-0, top of the table. I went to the club shop. I got Liam McKenzie to sign my programme. I bought his book. He signed that as well. I went home. I sang a song to my wife on a green doors about Palace winning. She <laughs> laughed her head off. I had a really good day. Are you no, going to get a season ticket, an half-season ticket, Steve? Are you thinking um, about that? I can't that? really... I would love to. I really would. I think um, it's fine because this season I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed supporting Palace. And I think really from, I mean, I've only been on the homestyle since about April, although I've been looking at the site since it started. I've only been on the homestyle since about April. But it's, um, there's something happened, I think, pre-season. Because the, the, the mood changed. There was a little buzz. And I really felt good about this season. And uh, when we lost our first three games, I was kind of a bit surprised. But at the moment, there's a real buzz, and I think that that buzz that the fans are giving on the website, in the in the stands, you know, Selhurst, is really what is pushing us along. I know we've got some players that are putting in some good performances, but I, I really think that it's the fans that make the difference to the club. You know, if the fans are all positive and behind players, they play better. And I think really that's what's happened, because when you look at this team compared with last season, Jedernak showed potential. KG, like you guys were saying, he was overweight, uh, and people were wondering why he was signed. Um, <clears throat> Zaha, last season, I thought if we can get eight million for him last season, I'd have 
bitten somebody's hand off because I, while I thought he had a lot of talent and a lot of raw potential, I didn't really think, you know, I didn't really believe the hype. But this season, he's done a bit of weights, he's pumped up, he can push people off the ball, and, um, and he's brilliant. And it's funny because Balassi reminds me of Zahar last season. So I think next season, Balassi will really come along. But I just think there's a, there's a buzz about the club at the moment, and it's coming from the fans that is really pushing us forward. So as long as we can keep that going then I think we've got a good chance for, um, for promotion. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much for calling in. I, I appreciate that. Obviously, we're wasting you a bit of money on the, on the phone here. I just want one, Cheers, more, one more thing from you. Uh, just give us a position, end of the season, where do you think we'll finish? I, I predicted at the beginning of the season, 16th, uh, between 12th and 16th. I thought we'd improve from last season, but I thought, well, 12th to 16th, I'll be happy. But to Not be honest, the ones off be... now, between 2 and 6. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. I mean, I'll, I'll be disappointed if we don't get it, at least a playoff post. And yeah. um, I think I think we can do it automatically. And I know I'm always a bit of an optimist. Though, though. Um, I'm Mr. Palace man on, on the Homesdale site. So if you've read any of my threads, you'll know that I'm, I'm quite positive. I'm always a bit optimistic. But I think, um, you know, I think we can do it. You know, it kind of reminds me, I, I did a post today, and it, it reminds me of, um, do you remember um, Alan Smith when he was in charge? I think we had... Um, Chris Armstrong was our front man then, and um, I think that's right, but there was a bit of a buzz about the, um, the club then, and this season kind of reminds me of that season for some reason, so I don't know, I think we can, um, it might be a bit too optimistic, but injuries, you know, aside, I think we can, uh, you know, all max promotion is not um, out of our reach. That's brilliant, thank you very much for your call Steve, appreciate that. Good no Steve. Problem, thank you. Good cheers, show. Cheers. Bye Steve, Bye. cheers. Joe, question for you, the, uh, in the chat room. Um, they're talking about um, people getting annoyed about standing up, um, getting in people's way. Um, I've kind of mixed feelings about it. My, my, my um, early recollections of football are only seeing half bits of games anyway, stood up, you know what I mean, on the homestyle, and then later in the, uh, in the after. Um, but, you know, there's pensioners about, and, you know, if everybody's standing up, getting in their way. What's your, what's your thoughts on this? Right, okay. And, uh, well, okay. we'll talk about the, the grub of the bright and after. We'll get the miserable bit. The, the okay. Sort of, mechanics out of the way first. I mean, how did you feel yesterday at the game? Well, about, listen, the standing up, right, I, I was, I had the use of two season tickets last year, and they were uh, Block E, Row 29, um, Lower, Holmesdale, and behind me, well, in front of me was two old people, behind me was about six or seven old people, and then there was uh, a dad, his mate, and their four sons, sort of spread in, in and amongst us and the, some of the games last year now listen some of these people are old and they you know when it's cold it's cold and they, they take their quilts yeah. and now they can't stand up there was a, this one lady there that did, literally can't stand up now if she can't stand up she can't see on the flip side of it when I'm in in the Arthur with the boys I don't sit down so but then I'm at the back so it, it's listen if you want to go and stand up Right, and no one's going to tell you to sit down. Go and stand in the Arthur. Go and stand at the back of the Arthur if you want to stand up the old game. All right, you want to have a sing song. You're not going to just stand there and, and not, you know, just just go in the Arthur and, and no one will say anything. But to, to stand up in front of a lot of people that pale, you know, they most of the season tickets are in that, you know, the good season tickets are always taken in the Homesdale. You know, a lot of people can't see. You know, there's a lot of smalls in there. You know, the, the safest. It's, it's hard, Nick. It really is hard. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, love, I love sitting stand. down. Yeah, but I love and, sitting um, down. But I love standing up. 
You know, when I'm getting but, um, hugs off Big Lee and and, yeah. and and the boys and that up at the back of block, you know, block W, and and we're out singing all the HF. It's just um, it's great. Yeah. The I thing is, the, is, you can't help it. I mean, I, I I'm always apologising to the lady next to me who happens to be David Swindler's mother-in-law. And I'm saying, oh, sorry, you know. And she says, no, you stand up, you want to see. But she's sat there for 32 years. I think they bring her out a cup of tea every morning. I don't know, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, think, and it's not think, really fair yeah, on her, but she just sees that it's part and parcel of football and it happens and people are going to stand up if they're excited. And it's an unsolvable problem. <laughs> yeah, I think, I just say, shut up, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing, Brighton is, is a one-off game, really, isn't it? Because you're not yeah. going to get... Games like that, like that's probably the most people I've seen standing up. I looked over to the Arthur Waite and, and the whole of the, the Palace fans sitting in the Arthur Waite were standing and then most of the homes though I think were standing as well. So I think that's a one-off, but we have to look at the potential safe standing areas. I think that's a point that, that's being brought up a lot. Palace are supporters of it and there's, uh, there's a person on Twitter, uh, Amanda FSF Cop, I think, and she yeah. she's very for it and, and that's being talked about getting a safe standing section. So I think obviously... That, that will be something that's going to be looked at over the next few few months and few years, and, and we should probably get her on the show actually to talk about that. But yeah, I think there's certain areas of the stadium, you know, the top of the Arthur and, and Block B of the homestyle that are standing, and then other than that, you just get a bit of standing when the ball goes near the goal and stuff like that. But, but yeah, it's a very interesting debate actually. Um, anyway, didn't we stuff Brighton? Didn't we make them? Didn't we swat <laughs> them away? So we beat Brighton three yeah. 0 and you know. We'll talk uh, yesterday. a little bit more about Brighton and then we'll m- move on to Blackpool. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Craig McHale-Smith, actually, because he obviously was, was brought in as the replacement for Glenn Murray when, when they sold him to, to Palace. And I think, really, he's been a bit of a fluff, hasn't he? He, he had that chance just after half-time where he was one-on-one and he fluffed it onto the post. And then, I think as a Palace fan, that makes me very happy to see him uh, doing so badly because I just, I just don't think he's a very good player. He's like a rubbish version of of Glenn Murray so Joe what are your thoughts on that oh I I don't I see him as a very good player I think he's oh, got really? yeah I'll tell you what it, he, he's a lump he's a big he fella is, yeah. I don't think he's fantastic in the air I don't think he's as good as what he should be in the air but I mean he's quick I mean he left our defender standing yesterday a couple of times um yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard. I mean, the thing is, I think he turned down two premiership sides to go to Brighton. Oh, really? So, yeah. I mean, the other thing is, I, I couldn't get get me head around what Poyo was saying yesterday or the day before in the press about oh Murray left. It was all about money. Like they paid two and a half, three and a half million for him for for, for Mikel Smith, mm. and, and and let Murray go for nothing. I I don't. I, I don't think he understands what he says sometimes. Um, he makes himself look silly. Um, I'm, I'm amazed as well after that defeat, because usually when they get beat and the fans give him an hard time, um, he says, oh, that's it. If they don't like it, I'm off. But has, he, has anyone noticed if he said he's off again? Because he, he usually does it every two or three games. <laughs> but um, no, nah, I mean, it's just, you know, we were up for it. Um, and I, f- I think had they had, had, they had more, um, more UK-based players that were used to the atmosphere you know for a smallish crowd because let's face it 20,000 up against a, you know some of these players have played in front of 30s and 40s um, it's just a, t- a tiny little ground where I just think they were I don't know I don't think they like it up our place do they that's the thing they've got their nice little shiny stadium and their and their one song fans um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, just, what did make me laugh Joe, Um 
Did anybody see the Groupon banner that came and seen? No, yeah, that's, that's proper yeah. banter. That's proper banter. I like. I quite enjoyed that. It is, and the thing is, it's nice. It's nice when they do that, especially after the HF did that. You know, the, the yeah. banner against Millwall. You know, it's not. It, it, I mean, that's listen. They, no matter what you say, and about that, they, they did that song last year. You burnt your own town down. Yeah. You know? Um. That whoever made that up is very, very funny. Very funny. I said it last year. I say it again. Yeah. You know the banter is great. You know it yeah. went a little bit overboard out the back of the uh, the Arthur, but yeah, with the booze and everything else and and the way it is. But yeah, it's just uh, we done them and and the other thing as well. No matter what happens down their place, is they won't they can't get the better of us this year again. You know we took right. four points off from last year when they had one game against them this year, and we got three points already. So if we go down there and we do lose, th- there's no bragging rights, you know? No. And they've got to beat us more than 3-0 down there, otherwise the bragging rights will be still with us. But mm. And what's that pub kit they're playing in? What is that? It I looks like, it looks, seriously, it looks like something you see down Mottingham playing fields. <laughs> it is. It, it is. I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't work it out. you got them, and the other, who's the green and black? Who's black? Is it Huddersfield? They've got that moody lying green and black kit as well. I don't know. I'm Someone's having a mare. The kit designers are having a mare. Joe, talking of kit designs and Ben, um, do we hope Stoke City play in their Swiss away kit uh, when they play us in the FA Cup? Well, we won't know who's out then, will we? That's the thing. But no, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to the sash for that game. No, Stoke, oh, Stoke's oh, away kit is like a proper classic old Palace kit, isn't it? Have you seen yeah, it? it is, yeah. It is. Very nice. Going all old again, Nick, talking about the sash. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just... Again. <laughs> but no, I'm, I just uh, I'm 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 so pleased that we've again that we've not you know being but we're because we're older than you guys you know we we remember the days when we got bashed up by all these all these teams it meant so much the bragging rights it's like, it's yeah. just depressing when you lose again you could listen you could you could probably finish fourth from bottom but as long as you get a result against Brighton. Or Millwall yeah. or Chapman. Do you know what I mean? After a lot of people just go, that's it, well, we're mediocre championship side. But now, we're stuffing everyone. I mean, we, we, the games we've lost this season, we shouldn't have lost to Watford. Two goals in three minutes. No. We shouldn't have lost to, shouldn't have lost to Leeds. Gone up there and smashed them. But, oh, I don't know. What's it? Um, who's, uh, who's doing that? Have we lost all our forward reviews? Anyone got any forward reviews? Yeah, I was just asking, but I don't know. I don't think we have got them at the moment, so we'll we'll maybe come back to that in a second. I think it's probably a good time to to end the Brighton chat now. If we really quickly just talk about, you mentioned a minute ago about Stoke. I think if we just really, really quickly touch on that, and then we'll talk about Blackpool, and then we'll start wrapping up. So Stoke, obviously, we've got them at home in the third round of the FA Cup. I think it's a good tie. Um, so Nick, what are your thoughts on on getting a um, Premiership team? I'm quite happy with it. I I hope Stoke actually put up a decent team so we can. See where we are. You know, we're top of the league. Let's see. Let's get some decent opposition. I, I think I said a couple of weeks ago. Let's. I want to play somebody of our caliber now. It's getting boring playing teams that <laughs> worse than us. Yeah. So Stoke will be a good test without being overly important. You know Jello, I mean? Yeah, and I agree. Jello, I was a little bit. Think, I was thinking earlier about this. Do you think we should go all out and, and try and get a cut run, or do you think we should maybe not give it as much as we did in, over the last few years and, and concentrate on getting that high league position? I'm a, listen, I'm a firm believer that back in back 20 or 30 years ago, right, 
had teams Liverpool just say for instance Liverpool played in the in the League Cup the FA Cup the league the European League European Cup they played the best team they always always used to play their best team and these are guys that used to go out and get smashed after a game you, you, they, you know on 60s 70s and 80s footballers were almost drunks and they played 80 or you know 60 70 games a season the top the top teams the more they progressed it now i can't believe that the way that these kids are now the way that they're so fit that they can't you know that they can't play two games in a week and it's, it's it's 180 minutes this is what they do till they're 32 35 years old and then they go and get another career it's it's why they're so i, I don't understand it i mean on the on the other side of it, we're lucky now that we've got so many decent players that we can, you know, our, our first team is we've got players. We've probably got, I would say, an eighteen-man first team guaranteed now. You know, when we look at Gabidon coming back, and and we know that um, Ginger in the middle, what's his name, um, uh, O'Keefe. We've got players that can... I, I don't understand why we can't put out a team, a, a decent team. Listen, we have to make no mistake here, right? Stoke are a premiership side. They will have a premiership squad, which means they will have 20 to 25 players right, that could come in and, and play in that first team. If we, don't, if we don't put a sensible team out of them, we could get done here. You know? And the other thing yeah. as well is it's important to them to have a cup final. You know, they've got, did they get to a cup final? Cup semi-final last year, year before, you know they do it. They, you know, they do it. <clears throat> but oh, someone's just corrected me. Said the season they're talking about about Liverpool. They used only fourteen players. Well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, that was in I the days of Steve Highway, wasn't it? Well, yeah, but but what I'm saying in is, the days where the the managers were nondescript and just told their players to go out and play, and that's exa- exactly. the coach they and, needed. And, well, I think I think as well that that, that Holloway is. I'm hoping. You know, from what we know about him, it is, he is that kind of guy. Um, well, you, you know, saw how he changed formations yesterday at the game, didn't you, Joe? It was just to suit, suit each, each kind of thing. Listen, it's listen, good that we've, we've got that fluidity in the listen, formations. He's got, he's got premiership experience, mate, which means he has a plan B and he has a plan C. All right? That's the thing. Um, we just... We just the other the other thing as well is what the the boys turn you know I'm saying the boys the CPFC 2010 they turned around and said that they have to give up three to four million pounds of their own money to stop us going under or we have to stop us going into the red or we have to sell a player now what they've said is no one's for sale unless it's ridiculous money but no one's for sale so that means they've got to step up the plate now if we have a good cup run that takes the pressure off them all the time and I saw an interesting a uh, quote from Steve Brown on the BBS uh, a month or so ago when someone said, you know, um, <clears throat> about making money out of Palace. And he said, being involved as a director at Crystal Palace is a financial one-way street. The money goes in and it does not come out. Yeah. So having, a, having, you know, having guys that, that are prepared to, to do their own dough because you know, most people do know, you know, that owning a football club, it is always just one way. So, Gerald, I'm going to stop yes. you there, mate. You're really rambling. Um, I know there's a bit of panic in the background. I think it might be just me and you at the moment. Um, don't, do you also think that, you know, we should go in and win every game, no matter who it is, no matter what opponents there are, and, you know, be, be always striving to get, get to the next round or whatever? Don't you think that that should be the attitude? Yeah, but which I'm means sorry, playing... Ben, you're still there. 
Yeah, I am sorry. Sorry, I thought you'd gone. <laughs> but, but he means playing a sensible team. What would you do, Ben? Yeah, well, I think we, we had a tweet in actually from, from Grant Gillard, funnily enough. And uh, he says that Holloway has already said that he's going to be using fringe players. So it kind of renders what we've, we've said a bit useless. But I think that's going to be a very, Thanks, very bro. good opportunity for, for the young players to get out there. People like Crazy Apaya, like <laughs> some of the people that are playing for the under-21s at the moment and proving themselves. I think it's a good chance for them to go out there and, and, prove, and really show what they've got. Yeah, well, they did that anyway, didn't they? They did that in the League, you know, in the, in the league Cup. Um, yeah. Before and we have five or six players playing regularly until it got to the semi, you know, the quarterfinals, and then all of a sudden Dougie drafted in the first team. I wish he'd have kept kept to the players that he was playing, so we're playing yeah, fantastically. Exactly. You know, yeah. just using two or three first teamers. But there you go. He was, right. the, he was the manager. We will quickly talk about Blackpool because obviously that's our, our next game. That's one next on the agenda, not Stoke. So um, obviously it's Ian Holloway going back to manage against his old side. So it's going to be well a big game for him as well. Um, we've got to watch out for, for Tom Ince. Obviously, he's got 13 goals already this season, and he's on the radar of a lot of Premier League sides. I'd say there's probably two in the Championship that are on big Premier Club's radars, and they are Tom Ince and Rizal. Um, he's just coming down for a look round before he joins us in January. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you like to hope so, but I, I doubt that very much. Appleton, obviously, is a new manager, took over from Ian Holloway, and uh, and he's unbeaten since he's got there. Five games, one win and four draws, so... Although he's unbeaten, it hasn't been the greatest of starts in all, you know, respect really, because it's only one win. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll be the team to to end that unbeaten run. So, Joe, what do you think about that match? What are your thoughts? Uh, well, it'd be an emotional return for him, and I don't think you know, having talked to their one of their fans forums, um, we talked to him a couple of weeks ago. You know, they they he's not left in the same vein that that, that Dougie left us. So. Um, you know, I think they said that a change was as good as the rest. I mean, they're doing all right. They seem to be that you know, if you want to go for a draw, they play out for a draw. Um, I think we can. I think we can do, and we've got nothing to be scared of. He knows their team inside out. You know, um, I just think we've got too much attacking power. They scored two, we scored three. That's what I see it three two. Yeah, and Nick, what are you what are your thoughts on the game? Um, yeah, I I, I think that. Um, same, same as we've been doing, really, and just playing each team and just adapting to, to how they play us. I think yeah, that's well, what we've been doing. You know, we adapted to playing 10 men. Yesterday, we were patient. We kept the ball, lots of passing. You know, we had a lot of possessions, a lot of possession, and um, we just didn't let them have the ball. And if we, can, if we can just play with the confidence we've got, I can see us winning 2 3 nil again. Mm, Blackpool just, are... Sorry. Blackpool are... Bang in middle of the road, 12 out of 24, exactly halfway. You know, if you think about the way we've been playing, we've just beaten Brighton, who are a lot higher than than, than uh, Blackpool are, and we've beaten them with ruthless efficiency, really. So you'd, you'd have to say, looking at the league table, Blackpool should be a walk in the park. Although, obviously, we, we don't. The game isn't played on paper, and, and it'll be a lot harder. Look, uh, look Ben, this is our season. I, I'm I'm actually starting to believe. All right, uh, I know they say you shouldn't until after Christmas because of the game ten. <laughs> Cardiff's going to be a big game. I think once we see the other side of the Cardiff game, we'll, we'll know whether we're going up or not. Because I think, you know, we've just got the confidence to to beat teams now. And we came back, we had the blip, we had the defeat. And the question was, oh, will we get over it? Well, we have, haven't we? We've got a draw when we shouldn't have done a hole, which is a sign of a good team. And we've, we've just destroyed Brighton. We've flicked them away like flies. 
Yeah, it's nice looking at the league table now as well, knowing that we're we're four points clear of, of third. So regardless of whether we win the next game, if we lose the next game, we're still going to be in the top two. And I think that is fantastic that we're making a bit of space between us. And obviously the more games that we win, the better position we put ourselves in. And every point that we put on the board gets us one step closer to that elusive playoff spot that, that we so desire. And I think it's it's fantastic to be looking at the table as a Palace fan now. Nick? Yeah, um... Dave in the uh, chat room has just said that um, Blackpool are unbeaten in six, but they've drawn four of them, which I was unaware of. So there's a bit of news from uh, in Europe there from Dave. Well done, Dave. Thanks for that. Joe, <laughs> right. you've got something to say? No, I did, but I've forgotten. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I just went. I just went. Struck, when Nick said that, I went over to the chat room and I had a look in there, um, and yeah, and it's it's gone. I'm afraid. Uh, have we got any four-word reviews, Alex? I don't know. Four-word reviews. Be able to talk to us. I think there was some in the chat room. Okay, yeah, go on then. If you want to um, quick read of those. Have you got Twitter? Oh no, that's Kells. Sorry. Um, Hang on, I'm just scrolling <laughs> back up here. Feel for me I've got, I've got a few as well. I've got a few four-word reviews. I found them at the bottom of the uh, the show document, so I'll read those out. Um, Alex Roll says Crystal Palace mission promotion. Um, Stephen Rodin, going back to the whole game, he says, good point at Hull. Craig Parkinson, after the whole game, said, another unbeaten run begins. And that is uh, obviously correct after the Brighton game as well. Stephen Rodin, again, after the uh, the Brighton one, says, Brighton all at sea. And then Aaron Mitchell, good one to finish it off, says, we are Super Palace. I so um, there's is, one uh, in the chat room that sticks yeah, out. I can't remember um, who did it, but it was, said, we smoke the weed. Yes, DJ Suarez. <laughs> That was it. Brilliant. Right. <laughs> I think that's probably a good time to, to start wrapping up the show. Obviously, uh, at the end, we ha- we'll have a few technical issues. So uh, at the end of the show, you won't hear any outro music or anything like that. It's just, it's just going to end, unfortunately. Joe, really quickly, what, what do you want to say? No, just, I'd just like to say congratulations to yourself, mate. Very slick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very slick. But, we, but you, you, you do need to learn some accents to, to join in. And then, um, obviously. <laughs> Oh, um, appreciate with, that. Thank you very much. Um, more weeks off. With the um, absence of theme music, Joe, do you want to sort of leave the show with uh, your rendition of Ernie? Uh, no, but I've got a brand new combine harvester and I'll <laughs> give you the key. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, right. Thank you very much to you two well. for, for helping us out today and uh, we'll be back next week with an, another brand new presenter. See you later. Cheers, Mike. Bye. 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 You're right, Ben. Well done.
Nick. Yes, Joe. My brother-in-law's just texted me. He's just said... <laughs> Hang on. Fuck How did you cover up that you weren't at the game? I checked teasing and probing questions. Uh-huh. Asking what you thought about... You know, what was life for you with everybody standing up and you, you fucking rode that. Like, you were there. Nobody knows that you weren't there, Joe. I'm, I'm well impressed. My brother-in-law said, well for impressed. fuck's sake, Joe, let the others talk. You are entertaining, though. <laughs> yeah, you were rambling a bit. You were rambling. I've got to go, mate, because I've got to go and iron some shirts for tomorrow. I've got to fucking get a, be up at shit o'clock because my car's not working. So, it's a nightmare. Well done tonight. Thought Ben did well. Yeah, no, he did. So I'm just reading the text off of Roy. Yeah. Oh, how is Roy? Yeah, all right, yeah. Hello, Roy. Hello, Joe. It's Roy. I hope all is well with you and yours, mate. Went to the game on Saturday and came to the Blackpool game in the Paulson's arms down Paulson's road before the game. Best, Roy. Uh-huh. There you go. Right. I'm going to go. Yeah, take it easy, Joe. See you, you soon. mate. See you soon. Nice take care. Bye.
it's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.